Did you never have yaoi's as a kid? I did, but I didn't pay any attention. Well, you should have. I should have. You know more about dugongs. and Aloud, arguably the best Australian BoJack Horseman podcast. I'm Jem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. We just watched episode two of season one. It's called BoJack Hates the Troops. He sure does. So, do you want to hear about the plot of this one? I would love to. Okay. Um, BoJack's drinking at a bar where he gets made fun of by some young women. Um, he then takes the, one of the girls back to his place and they... Do it. Do what, Paige? Do the sex, Jem. The which which sex? Um, I presume horse dick in human vagina sex. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I did notice that was interesting is that she recognizes him, but she knows his name. Like it's a very common joke that they have on Bojack Horseman that people just ask him if he's the horse from Horsin' Around. But both Pam and Neil McBeal immediately recognize him as Bojack Horseman from the TV show Horsin' Around. Huh. Okay, so, back to the plot. The next morning, Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter show up and talk about Mr. Peanut Butter's reality show, and we find out that Todd's dating a Japanese woman over the internet, but we find out really early that it's a scam. Bojack goes to the supermarket and pisses off the Navy SEAL named Neil McBeal. <laughs> that is also a it's, it's such a cheap jerk, but it makes me laugh every time <laughs> they say there's nothing funny about stealing a meal from Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL. <laughs> the issue is over some muffins. Bojack and Diane talk about Bojack's parents, and there are some awkward flashbacks to Bojack's childhood. Bojack gets into a fight with Neil about the muffins on the news. This escalates until Bojack is on the news show and he calls Neil a jerk, which gets Lauren out to Bojack hating the troops. Princess Caroline asks him to apologize and then three days later Bojack is still being covered by the press. There are even protesters. Todd and Diane sneak Bojack to Mr. Peanut Butter's house where he is led to... The TV show? No! Sorry, go on. <laughs> that is the name of his show. I meant just his like physical house that he lives in. Yeah, that was the name of his old show though. Diane, that's very confusing. Sorry, listeners. Um, I apologize for nothing. I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> I'm just showing off my my knowledge of what's going on in universe. <laughs> Sorry if you guys are the one my level. <laughs> and then he's led to confront Neil on the reality TV show and apologize with muffins. However, Todd is sent to buy muffins, but he can't because all his money has been stolen. So instead, All $80 of his money. Yes, his rich, rich $80. So instead, Bojack gives Neil a, a bin bag full of stale, discarded hamburger buns. Neil seems to accept this, but also wants Bojack to call him a hero on the television. Bojack does this, but then becomes very passive-aggressive, and it gets really tense. But then Mr. Peanut Butter gets his head stuck <laughs> in a bucket, and that really diffuses the tension quite quickly. Very, yeah. very funny. Well done. <laughs> I wonder if he did it on purpose. 
I think he almost definitely did. <laughs> There's a lot of little nods to Mr. Peanut Butter being way smarter than he makes himself out to be. Yeah. Um, and then just the last point is Bojack joins Diane on the roof where they talk about the truth, the concept of the truth, and Bojack opens up to her about his parents, which is an important step for the book. Gotta love that roof of truth. <laughs> yeah. The truth roof. That's what we should refer to it as from now on. Hopefully it comes up often enough or we take good enough notes that we will remember to refer to it as the truth roof. <laughs> what was the pig at the end floating on a balloon? I did not. So I watched it twice today and I meant to look out for that pig. I didn't see it the first time round because I presume it's like something to do with the paparazzi trying to take photos of them when there's the helicopters and stuff, but I, I still didn't catch did it. Did we see it earlier though? I don't know. Man, it's going to be super embarrassing if we do see it earlier and we've watched it three times between us and every time we're like, where's that pig at the end? <laughs> I don't think a balloon can lift a pig. No. Especially not a, like, human-sized pig. Yeah, the physics with that are wore all off because he was, like, yanking on it to try and pull himself down and he the balloon moved, but he didn't move. Yeah, like, frankly, it just broke my immersion. <laughs> I just could I was like, hang on, this isn't real. <laughs> You tricked me. You tricked me, Raphael. You tricked me, Lisa. <laughs> so this episode was obviously, the political point it was making was about how not all the troops are heroes and some of them are jerks and giving a jerk a gun and telling him it's okay to kill people doesn't make him not a jerk anymore. Yeah. And like obviously that's the commentary they're doing and they're using Bojack as a bit of a mouthpiece and I think that's cool, but character development wise it's also pretty interesting. The obvious thing is that it's him being like, man, people don't want the truth. And then he finally decides to open up to Diane and do his book. But he also proves that he's pretty good at, I guess not writing, but he's very articulate. There are times in the episode where he does a pretty good speech without preparing for it at all. Mm. Like there's the thing he says about giving jerks guns, which was pretty good off the cuff. Very quotable. Very I'm sure a lot of people have just seen that as a gift set without ever watching Bojack Horseman. I know that I did before I watched the show. There's the bit at the end where he's like playing tug of war with the muffins and he's thing like and i don't think that it trivializes the blah, blah 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 just to correct you they were not muffins they were hamburger buns that symbolized the troops come back and we throw them away i liked how he like changed the in the, at the first conversation with um what's his name the news guy what is his name he had a good name uh tom jumbo grumbo yeah at the first the first phone call when he first rings in he, like, switched it from something to, like, the the rules of dibs, which was a good argument technique. Yeah, he's good at talking. I think that we should discuss, do you think Neil McBeal had dibs? Ah, oh, okay, I wanted like, to discuss this Like, what are your well. thoughts on the moral issue of the muffin dibs? <sighs> okay. I mean, obviously Bojack is being a dick in this situation no matter what, because he didn't even want the muffins. He was just making a point out of spite. But imagine a scenario in which he like, legitimately wanted the muffins and they were the last box. Do you think Neil McBeal had dibs? No. But I think they... Yeah, so I think Bojack had a right to take the muffins, except they were both jerks about it. Like, obviously, the, the socially correct thing would be to give them back because he obviously cared about them very deeply. And also, they were sitting on um, apples, 
which is like I'm I'm pretty sure I haven't had this confirmed, but I'm pretty sure that's one of Bojack's favorite foods. Why is that relevant? <laughs> He's saying he sh- he shouldn't have put it with the apples because hungry horse would come get it. No, that like Bojack. Could I mean, that's always a risk. Given him the muffins and then just like turned around 180 degrees, collected some apples, and that would be his breakfast. But he didn't. There wasn't even like, oh, now I have to go further into the store. No. It could have been so easily resolved. I think they they both did a faux pas. They were both shit people. How about you? Oh, I don't think he had dibs. They were obviously both making jokes about it. I'm trying to picture if, like, whether I would try and argue the point if I was in either of their positions, and I don't know. Honestly, I don't think either of us would because we're just so, like, not confrontational with strangers, especially a famous stranger. I don't think I would confront Bojack, but I think if I was Bojack, I would argue with this strange seal man. I feel like I'm confrontational enough to strangers that I might do that. Okay. It it would depend on my mood. Uh, Yeah, maybe I just don't know you as well as I like to think I do. You only know how confrontational I am to friends. Yeah, good point. Part of the moral issue here is that, like, Neil thinks that it's really obvious that someone has set them aside, but... Speaking as someone who has somewhat of a history of deciding I don't want something that's in my basket and just putting it on the shelf that is in front of me. Yeah. Which is like a shit thing to do. Like, I know you're meant to just, like, tell the person at the checkout, be like, can you reach all this? Because otherwise it means they have to, like, hunt around the store for shit and put them back in their right spot. But maybe they enjoy that. Maybe it's like a sport. Maybe I would enjoy it. Maybe I should get a job. (laughs) Official merchandise reshuffler. Anyway. Yeah, like, I would just assume that someone had been like, eh, I don't want 12 muffins. Uh, they're apple muffins. I'll put them with the apples. That's close enough. Bye. <laughs> when, because Bojack's first thought when he's confronted is, did you bring these in from another store? Which reminded <laughs> me of you and your, you seem to buy things that aren't from the store they're in. What? You, with Franklin and stuff. You keep buying things that stores have no record of ever selling. <laughs> <laughs> Franklin is our little haunted frog for the oh, listeners. Should I tell that story? Is it relevant enough to this podcast? I think it is. I think I made it relevant if you just cut out the in-between bits. I went to the local supermarket and there was a section with lawn ornaments and in amongst them was this little tortoise, like a cartoon tortoise with a comically large head with a solar panel on its back and just, like, these giant soulless eyes that are clearly meant to be lights. And its mouth is open like it's going, hey! <laughs> it was, like, clearly used. The solar panel does not work. Um, and so I saw it and I was like, this, like, it was chipped and stuff. And I was like, what the hell? And it, like, didn't have any, it didn't have a price on it, it didn't have a barcode on it. There was no, like, tag underneath it anywhere in the entire section saying, like, creepy turtle this much money and so i took it to the service desk and i was like i'd like to buy this please they were like what is it i don't think we sell this and i was like it was with the lord ornaments and the guy was like okay and eventually what they ended up doing was just going and looking at the lawn ornaments and just charging me five dollars which was the price of the cheapest lawn ornament on the shelf but i suspect that that guy just kind of pocketed that money because there's no way that went into the system yeah they should have given it to you for free. Probably, yeah. 
the point is I bought this turtle and we named it Franklin and we move it around the house and it's really creepy looking and it's clearly cursed, but I bought it anyway. Yeah, we'll try and put a picture of it on the Facebook page. Yeah. So are you saying that you think that I would see apple muffins in with the apples and go like, oh, how'd these get here? I should buy them. Maybe they're cursed. (laughs) Cool. Um, Mystery muffins. No, but like, say they were bought in from a store. I reckon everybody else would walk past them, but you would be like, I would like some muffins and pick those ones. I can't wait to find out how much of this I leave in. (laughs) Would you like to tell me about some of the notable appearances of celebrities that I wouldn't have recognized because I don't recognize them? Um, So Neil is played by Patton Oswalt. One of my favorites. Yeah, he played played Pinky last episode. Um, And Pam, the woman Bojack slept with, with the human vagina. (laughs) (laughs) She is played by Judy Greer, I think I've said her last name right, uh, who plays Cheryl in Archer. Yeah. Yeah, that's the... The response I wanted. Um, <laughs> uh, Will Arnett, who voices voices Bojack, also voices Bojack's father, which I thought was interesting. And Bojack's mom, Beatrix, is played by Wendy Malik. I don't know who if you know who that is, but I, I was a big fan of Just Shoot Me as a child. And she's in that. And she's pretty cool. She's I really tall. She used to be a supermodel. But then she lost her powers. <laughs> That was dumb. Sounds such a big joke. Um, I'm and leaving it. Kenneth Olbermann, um, who voices Tom Jumbo Grumbo, the whale. His name's Tom Jumbo Grumbo. <laughs> yep. I said that before and you missed it. Anyway, in real life, he is a radio commenter and a TV pundit, which I was thinking mm. might not be that interesting for listeners in America because maybe they're like really familiar with him from that. But in Australia, we haven't been exposed to him. so. Yeah, listeners in America can fuck off. Oh, all of them. Get out of here. <laughs> this podcast is Australian soil. It is. I rushed through that a bit too much, sorry. There wasn't enough time left for your banter. It never is. <laughs> I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the background jokes and animal stuff going on, specifically about the news station. Firstly, it's called MSNBC with S-E-A on the end. So good. Instead of just a C, because... Hey, Paige. Yeah. Paige. Yeah. Guess where whales live? I don't know. In the ocean? In the ocean. Fuck. The (laughs) sea. (laughs) When he was angry, he spurted Tom Tom Grumble Chumble Bumble, the chumblebee. (laughs) He, like, spurted... He spumed? Is that the word? He splurtled water out of his blowhole. He's not in the... Did he just have that in him? Maybe the the set is underwater? No, I don't know. I did like how his head worked, though. Yeah, I actually really like... Like, I think that, that um, they did a really good job of doing character design. They did a um, good job of, like, making it look like he was kind of... Like he's being squished into the suit a little bit. Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL's head, is at the right angle for a SEAL, not for a person. Like, his head just sticks straight up instead of facing forward. Yeah. And I think that that's a really good stylistic choice because it looks kind of goofy, and also if it was, like, forward-oriented, 
he would kind of look like a dog, I guess. Like, it just makes it really clear that he's a seal. I think that was a good choice. Um, and did you pay attention at all to the little mini headlines that were on the newsreel underneath? Yes, I did. I even have my favorite one. What's your favorite? Oh, I wrote them all down. I didn't choose a favorite. Oh, okay. You had... Should I read all of them out? There aren't that many. Yep, go for it. So they are... Man bites dog, dog sues man. Cute child does things on internet. <laughs> Scientists discover water on ocean floor. UN declares war good for absolutely nothing. Says it again now. <laughs> orange juice discovered to have several orange properties. AIDS still a thing. I wanted to write novels, you know. US government grants amnesty to millionaires. Happy birthday to Enid Smith, America's oldest woman. <laughs> New Yorker goes to Italy, complains about pizza. Condolences to the family of Enid Smith, America's <laughs> former oldest woman. Milk, milk, lemonade around the corner, gentrification. <laughs> Which may be my favorite. I, I did have my favorite as the, um, I wanted to write novels, you know, like that one. I really like scientists discover water on ocean floor. I liked when Bojack called Neil McBeal a stupid sea cow. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Do you reckon that's like a slur? A sea cow is another name for a dugong? Oh, it's a dugong. Do you know what a manatee is? Yeah. They're not the same thing, but it basically is a manatee. Okay. I think people also call manatees sea cows. Anyway, um, and I like that because it's kind of like someone... I don't know, you, like using a racial slur for Mexicans to a Puerto Rican person? Like two levels of lazy discrimination because not only are you saying something that's probably in universe a slur, but you're also saying it to like the wrong, like not even the group it's a slur for? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's super interesting. I didn't read that much into it, but that makes sense. Like I feel like that's deliberate. It's not just that the Bojack Horseman team thought that Sea Cow was a name for seals. Yeah. Seals are the lions of the sea. <laughs> Although seals and sea lions aren't the same either. Yeah. Which is bananas. I thought seal was just short for sea lions. I don't know if I'd ever put those things together. I probably just think about animals more than you do day to day. Probably. Speaking of... In Princess Carolyn's office, she has a scratching post, mm -hmm. and I had this immediate thought of, oh, she has a scratching post, but she doesn't have claws. What? But then I looked, and she actually does have claws. Okay. But they're not just fingernails. She does have, like, little needle points. Oh, I see what you mean. And it's always very interesting to me which, which below-the-neck animal features the design team chooses to include. Like, I know that Lisa Hannawalt has talked about how she just doesn't draw tails on any of her anthropomorphic animals, which is pretty unusual for people who are drawing anthropomorphic animals. And it becomes particularly obvious in an episode with lemurs, because lemurs are, like, super recognizable by their tails. And, yeah, like, the default seems to be that you're just human from the neck down, but with, like, I don't know, either fur... Slash the same skin as that animal, or at least you're the same color, but that you're basically human. But that definitely changes with some of the... Also, she has a potted plant in her office, and 
It's catnip. <laughs> Which I did not just recognize it as catnip. I saw that she had a potted plant in her office and I was like, I fucking bet that's catnip. I'm going to Google it and I Google it and I was right. <laughs> um, just while we're talking about animal people, mm-hmm. did you notice that... Uh, <laughs> what? I'm sorry, I just find it amusing that, you, that, that like, you, you, while we're on this tangent about animal people in this podcast about Bojack Horseman. <laughs> um, so the group of girls in the bar, you noticed that one of them was a chicken? And when she yeah. got startled, she laid an egg? Yeah. Yep. I'm very amused by that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice that until, like, the third watch through, I think. Okay. Um, and I, when I noticed it, I just cracked up because it's absolutely fairly subtle. Yeah, Because she's also a character that your eyes aren't looking at in that scene. Yeah. Um, that actually, that's interesting, actually, because that means that um, the bird people lay eggs rather than giving live birth. Yeah. So that's another interesting below-the-neck feature. Yeah. Also, another um, animal thing that I enjoyed way too much was the dogs talking about chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was going to bring that up too. I liked that so much. On the um, second watch, I was was, like excited it was coming up because I wanted to enjoy it again. I like that Mr. Peanut Butter has a big painting of tennis balls or a big photo print like a big artwork of tennis balls on his wall also <laughs> referring to diane is his tennis ball and chain yeah that was cute speaking of the artwork though mm-hmm. i recognize two of bojack's art things that he has in his house and the first one is the painting that's like in his office of a horse person standing on the edge of a pool and looking down at another horse person who's in the pool. That is a famous 1972 painting by David Hockney. Mm. Portrait of an artist, brackets, pool with two figures. I don't think it's meant to be the painting because I could. David Hockney is extremely famous and although I couldn't find a valuation of the painting itself, there was a value listing for one of the studies that David Hockney did for the painting, like that was valued at between seven hundred thousand dollars and one million dollars. Whoa! So the thing that's interesting about it in universe is: is it a novelty version he had made up where it's himself instead of the original figures, which seems like a thing that he's narcissistic enough to possibly do, or is this telling us in universe the people in that painting? Our horses as well. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's like a pretty like like I know that my thing is reading too much into the world building, but this is like even further than I usually bother. <laughs> but I guess the more fun thing to actually wonder about is whether or not Bojack had a famous painting redone so that it was a famous painting, but it was him in it instead. Because that's yeah. really funny. But it could just be a thing because for instance another painting that he has that I think is in his living room is The Dance by Henri Matisse, which is that one of the pretty stylized 
limp-looking figures who are, like, all joined hands in a circle. Oh, yeah, that one. And, yeah, they have animal heads. So, obviously, they are putting real paintings, but, like, done as animal people for the universe, which is sensible. Yeah, Um, makes sense. One background joke I really liked in this episode was in one of the flashbacks. Bojack's father is reading a newspaper and it has something about the Beatles, but spelled with a double E, like actual Beatles, and there was a, the, you know, their foreheads, but they're all Beatles. <laughs> and I particularly like that one because it's, that joke is a snake eating its own tail, because the Beatles was already a pun on the word Beatles. <laughs> so, like, in universe, this is like, you know, it's like the Beatles, but the animal. <laughs> Yeah, see, I didn't pick up on that. It it wasn't until, like, two years ago that I realized that the Beatles was spelt, like, beat, rather than yeah, Beatles. Yeah, I think that took me a long time as well, actually. I know I said that the Beatles' name was a snake eating its own tail, but obviously snakes don't have tails in the project. <laughs> yeah. Also, his parents were, like, legit horrible to him. Like, it kind of makes him make a bit more sense. Yeah. This sure, yeah, there's not that much to talk about yet, but one of the running themes in the show is if enough bad shit has happened to you in your life, like, to what extent does that excuse you from behaving like a dipshit? Mm. Bojack is obviously a jerk to the point where it affects the lives of others, but he's mostly like that because of bad things that happen to him. But I guess we will talk about that la- more later when we've all found out more of the shitty things that happened to him in his past and he's harmed others with his behavior some more. Yep. I liked that Jelly was wearing a t-shirt that said Misprints on it instead of Misfits. That's one of my favourite background gags of the show to the point where I have considered buying reproductions of that t-shirt on Redbubble. Uh, I don't understand the joke. Oh, the Misfits are a band and they have like a pretty recognisable band t-shirt that has that skull on it and says Misfits underneath it. Oh, okay. I get it now. Ah, ha 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 ha. Look at that t-shirt. <laughs> um, Todd's great. I love Todd. His whole thing about referring to himself as a millionaire because of his friends. He's such a sweetheart. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Like, for any other person, when he said that, I would see that as, like, someone backpedaling after obviously deceiving someone. But he may have meant it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. And why was he pretending to be wearing a tuxedo? Ah, uh, yeah. But, like, only from the waist up. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but that's because he was on camera. Like, that makes it way more obvious that it was him faking it. Maybe he just wanted to look nice. Yeah. Was that him pretending to be rich, or was that him dressed up for a date? I think he was dressed up for a date. Hmm. I want to see the Bojack Horseman universe version of War Horse. It would change it. 
Yeah. If horses aren't horses. Yeah, if they're people that can talk. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) It's too much to think about. It is. It's too much going on. I like when Princess Carolyn is running on a treadmill at the gym and next to her on the other treadmills are a sloth and a cheetah. (laughs) Yeah. And the sloth just like draped over it. I like how she has a little toy mouse in front of her on the treadmill. (laughs) Yeah. Like she's chasing it. She's such a professional working girl. Um... I just remembered another joke I like to do with animals. When the sheep's cutting the, or shearing the, the hedges, and he's mm. like cutting, and then he just takes a little nibble. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to think of the hu- human equivalent, and the only thing I could think of, like in our world, human equivalent, is like somebody doing an ice sculpture for somebody, and then just having a little bit, bit of a lick, because they're a bit thirsty. <laughs> You can like us on Facebook at Horse and Aloud, H-O-R-S-I-N apostrophe A-L-O-U-D, or join our Facebook group, which is the Horse and Aloud Saddle Club. Tweet at us at Horse and Aloud Pod. You can email us at horseandaloud at gmail.com with no apostrophe. Thank you for listening. I'm Jem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. Until next time, keep on watching the show that this podcast is about. Bye. And and listening to us. That's a bit much. Oh.